beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. In our society, every authority relationship has come under attack. The secular media undermines the authority of parents over their children and teachers over their students. There is a consistent push for the rights of the child and for teens to be allowed to discover themselves. Our governments, courts, and police do not receive the respect that they deserve. You see that in the derogatory names by which many police officers are called and the disdain with which many politicians are treated. If you watch what comes out of Hollywood, you'll come across a systematic undermining and ridiculing of all those in positions of authority. Rebellion against authority is one of the strongest spirits through which Satan battles against the kingdom of God. The basic reason why we rebel against authority is because we see it as a threat to our freedom. People in authority restrict us from doing the things we'd like to do. Our parents will forbid us to go to certain places. Office bearers will admonish us if we live in a sinful lifestyle. Police officers enforce the rules of the road. The law punishes us if we're found guilty of committing a crime. We dislike all the restrictions that are put on us. And so when Satan comes whispering lies about how we don't have to listen to those in authority over us, his lies so easily take root in our hearts and lives. We're quick to accept the idea that authority is a threat to our freedom. Beloved, nothing is further from the truth. Authority is not a threat to freedom. God has placed parents, office bearers, and government officials in authority over us for our benefit. Authority is given to parents to enable them to be effective in training and in disciplining their children. Authority is given to the elders to help them lead and direct us on the pathway of salvation. Authority is given to the government in order to restrict people from doing evil. For Christians whose desire it is to serve God and obey his commands, authority is not a threat. For us, it's a blessing that allows us to continue to live in the freedom Christ has earned for us. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. God calls us to honor and obey those whom he has put in authority over us. We'll consider the reason for giving us this command, the requirements made of us in this command, and the result promised us if we honor this command. When the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, they were a diverse group of former slaves. In Egypt, Pharaoh had appointed harsh taskmasters. They used force to constrain the Israelites. If they didn't work hard enough, they were beaten. God's people lived for hundreds of years in a situation where they were subjugated by fear of punishment. When they cried out to the Lord, he delivered them from bondage. He set them free from the oppression of Pharaoh, and he was taking them on the way 
to the promised land. It's in that context that God spoke to them from Mount Sinai. When considering the Ten Commandments, we must always remember the preamble to the law. The Lord says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And only then does God come with his commands, necessary commands, commands that would help his people to live in the freedom that God had provided for them. Just think about this for a moment, beloved. God delivered his people from slavery. They had received a taste of freedom. Now what? No longer being constrained by the whip? Should every man just be allowed to do what was right in his own eyes? If you examine the history of the Israelites during their wilderness sojourn, you see that they had a tough time adjusting to the freedom that God gave them. Again and again, they rebelled against the Lord, against Moses and Aaron, whom God appointed as their leaders. Beloved, I want you to think about what happens when there are no authority structures in place. Think about what happens in families where parents allow their children to rule the roost. Children have no boundaries. They have no security. You would think that such freedom would make them happy, but it doesn't. At heart, children want to know that their mom and dad love them. And part of love is saying no when something is bad or wrong. The same applies to society in general. We're blessed to live in a stable democracy with a rule of law. Our Westminster system of government is based on Judeo-Christian values. While it has been secularized, the fundamental principles of justice still apply. In Canada, no one is above the rule of law. Anyone who breaks the law can be prosecuted. We have rules in place to ensure that no one is convicted on the basis of just one witness. And perjury or lying under oath is punishable under law. The legislative branch of government is separate from the judicial branch, which helps prevent politicians from subverting the law. There are places in the world where authority structures have broken down. Consider what's happened in various countries in the Middle East. People have rebelled against various dictatorships in Tunisia, Libya, Yemen, Egypt, Syria, and other countries. But what was the result? Governments shut down social media or blocked internet service to try control protesters. There were harsh crackdowns by the military in which many were killed. Some of these countries descended into civil war where anti-government supporters were hunted down. Many abuses took place, leading many to flee and causing a great humanitarian crisis. The poor and weak got trampled. Chaos and anarchy 
abounded. Consider what has happened in South Africa since the dismantling of apartheid. The rule of law has broken down. Politicians interfere in the criminal justice system. Many who feel like they have not been given a fair chance in life routinely steal and assault others. The result in South Africa and many other third world nations is that those who have any kind of property need to live in secure compounds with dogs and guards and bars on the windows. You need to exercise great caution in public because if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you'll get carjacked or robbed or raped or killed. While there are many causes to the breakdown of society, a key one is that respect for authority has been replaced with an attitude of individualism. I'm my own boss and I'll do what I want. No one else can tell me what to do. It's easy for children to take on a disrespectful attitude toward their parents and disobey them. It's tempting for each one of us to do what we want, when we want, even if it goes against God or against the authorities that he has placed over us. Do you think that a lack of respect for authority brings happiness? That it provides us with true freedom? In fact, it does the opposite. Rebellion against authority leads to slavery. If you rebel against your parents, do what they forbid, you're going to run into trouble. At times, you'll get caught. You'll be busted. Your parents may punish you in various ways. You may lose certain privileges. You may be grounded for a period of time. But the worst thing is that your deceitfulness breaks down trust in your relationship. Your parents will feel like they can't take you at your word. They'll check up on you. And you won't like that, thinking they should mind their own business. And then you get into this cycle of mistrust where communication so easily breaks down. Same applies in our society. We have laws that are meant for protection and well-being. If you break those laws, you may get caught. We have a system of police and courts and judges to punish those guilty of crimes. At times, we see the law as being restrictive. But how do you think society would function if people were allowed to break and enter into your home to rob you and rape and abuse and murder at will? What if there was no one to hold such evildoers to account? Instead of happiness and freedom, our society would be filled with tension and strife. The poor and weak would be oppressed. The strong and mighty would get away with whatever they felt like doing. Beloved, the Lord our God knows the human heart. He knows that within each one of us there is this little rebel. It's part of our fallen nature. Within every person there's a desire to be king. I want control of my own life. You can't tell me what to do. 
I'm in charge of my own affairs. Butt out. It's none of your business. God recognizes this sinfulness of the human heart. He put authority structures in place for our benefit. The fifth commandment is centered on relations within the family. The Lord commands, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Parents have been given authority over children to be able to instruct and discipline them. Now, parents don't have the right to be tyrants or to abuse their authority. But they need authority to guide and direct their children that they may grow up knowing God and serving Him. It's in the family where we first learn to submit ourselves to the authority of another. The fifth commandment is not limited to parent-child relationships. It extends into all of life. As parents, through the school association, we employ teachers to educate, to train our children. We give them authority to act in our place. And us students need to respect their teachers, to listen to them, to do what they say. God has also given employers authority over their employees. The passage we read from Colossians 3 speaks about masters and slaves, but it can be applied to bosses and workers. For a workplace to function, employees need to learn to listen and to do what their employers tell them to do. Please understand, this is not a license for employers to require their employees to do evil or to engage in unsafe work practices. Yet for a workplace to function well, Employees need to follow the directions of their supervisors. Within the church, God has given us elders to care for the souls of the members of the congregation. They're charged to exercise the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that believers may be nurtured in the faith and may share in God's glory on the final day. Our attitude toward elders is sometimes such that we feel like they're poking their nose in our private business. Yet they have a God-given authority. They come to us as ambassadors of Christ. And so God commands us, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. That would be of no advantage to you. Within society, God has placed kings and governments and various authorities under them. We have police and courts and judges to enforce the law. As citizens, we're called to submit to these authorities. Paul teaches in Romans 13 that the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Paul explains that the authorities are there for our good. He calls us to submit to them, to pay taxes, and to give them the honor that they deserve. The basic reason for the fifth commandment is summarized very beautifully in our catechism. Authorities have been put in place since it is God's will 
to govern us by their hand. God is the almighty ruler of the heavens and the earth. As the creator and redeemer of life, absolute and final authority rests with him. God has vested his authority in various human representatives, parents, teachers, employers, elders, police, judges, and governments. It's through them God governs us. It's by submitting to them that we learn to submit to God. Those who rebel against authority haven't learned to submit themselves to God's authority. You see, beloved, it's by learning obedience to God's earthly representatives that we learn to submit to God's will for our life. Is that easy? Absolutely not. It goes against the grain. And yet this is what God commands in the fifth commandment. This brings us to our second point, and it will consider the requirements made of us in this command. What really is God commanding us to do in the fifth commandment? What does God expect from us as children? What does this commandment teach us as students, as employees, as members of the congregation, and as citizens? Our catechism summarizes the duties of those under authority with a number of simple words. Honor, love, faithfulness, submit, and patience. Let's examine what's meant. The fifth commandment teaches us, honor your father and mother. To honor means to respect, to hold in high esteem. We are to show forth due respect to those whom God has placed in authority over us. Not because of who they are, but because of the position God has assigned them. By honoring those in authority, we honor God, who has given that authority. Our catechism explains the command to honor father and mother by stating that we are to show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me. Part of honoring is showing forth love. We're to love those whom God places over us. For he has given them responsibility to care for us, and to minister to our needs. Their authority has been given not to please themselves, but to serve those under their care. We're also to show forth faithfulness. That means to be loyal to our parents. Those given authority over us sometimes end up in situations of need themselves. Think here especially of the parents that have brought you up and nurtured you and cared for you. At some point, they'll grow old and perhaps frail. They may become weak or poor or helpless. It requires faithfulness, loyalty, commitment to care for those who cared for us. And yet it's in this way that we honor and love God who blessed us 
with parents. The fifth commandment requires submission. We are to submit with due obedience to the instruction and discipline of those who care for us. Children, this means that you have to listen to what mom and dad say. It means you have to do what they tell you to do. We all know how hard it is to keep this commandment. Often when mom tells us to do something, we say, but why? Or else we'll tell her, but I don't want to. Or the old famous, that's not fair. We make excuses not to do what our parents tell us to do. Or else we just ignore them and go ahead and do our own thing. To submit, to obey, is something that's difficult for all of us. For while many of us are in positions of authority, we're also all in positions where we need to learn and to submit. Each one of us is called to submit to the elders and to the civil authorities. It goes against our nature, especially when we disagree with something. And yet, beloved, it's God's will to govern us by their hand. In this regard, it's worth noting that while he was on earth, even the Lord Jesus had to submit to those placed in authority over him. Jesus was a sinless boy. And yet he had to obey his father and mother. We see an example of that when Jesus went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover for the first time at age 12. When he stayed behind, his parents got worried about him. When they finally found him, they admonished him. Jesus had done nothing wrong. Yet Luke tells us that he went with them to Nazareth, that he was obedient to them. The author of Hebrews tells us that Jesus found it difficult to deny his own will and to do what his father wanted. Hebrews 5 verse 8 says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. We see this especially in the Garden of Gethsemane. There Christ had a great struggle on his hands. He knew how hard it would be to drink the cup of suffering. He dreaded being crucified and bearing God's wrath against all our sins. And yet he prayed to his Father, Not my will, but yours be done. Even though Jesus was a sinless man, he still had to learn obedience. Despite his struggles, he submitted his will, what he wanted to do, to what his heavenly Father desired. And in doing so, Jesus obeyed the fifth commandment. He did it perfectly for us. For by keeping the law of God, Christ was able to function as our Savior. It is because he did God's will perfectly that God accepted his sacrifice on the cross as payment for all our sins. The result is that we may now share in his righteousness and holiness. And so it's out of thankfulness for what Christ has done that we are called to submit to those in authority over us. 
For by submitting and obeying, we honor not just those in authority over us, but ultimately, we honor God who has given this authority. Finally, our catechism also teaches us to be patient. We are to have patience with the weaknesses and shortcomings of those in authority over us. Children know that dad and mom are not perfect. They make mistakes. They do things wrong. Parents are not always fair in how they apply discipline. At times, parents frustrate their children. Same can be said of teachers, of elders, of police officers, of judges, and politicians. At times, those in positions of authority sin. At times, they even abuse their authority. God will hold them accountable for such things. Jesus spoke woes on those who caused one of his little ones to sin. And yet, beloved, God calls us to have patience with the failings of those in authority over us. Brings us to our final point, and it will consider the result promised if we honor this command. The fifth commandment contains a promise. God calls us to honor those in authority over us, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Paul draws attention to this in Ephesians 6, indicating that the fifth command is the first one with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. God first promised this to the people of Israel on the way to the promised land. His point was that if children obeyed their parents, they were obeying him. Then God would prosper their way. He would cause them to live long in the land that they were inheriting. But if children rejected the instruction and discipline of their parents, they were rejecting him. Then their days would be cut short in the land. Although God is long-suffering, in the end he would punish their disobedience. He would drive them out of the blessed land of life. He would drive them back into slavery. Do you see the contrast here? Slavery in Egypt versus freedom in Canaan. That freedom was a result of God's grace. It was a freedom that would only be maintained if the people were willing to submit themselves to the Lord and to the authorities he set over them. Yet if the people turned their backs on divine instruction and discipline, God would drive them out. And beloved, we all know what happened. As a result of Israel's ongoing rebellion, they ended up in exile in Assyria and in Babylon. The same applies to us today. If we love the Lord and strive to serve him with our whole life, the Lord will bless us and keep us in all we do. Then we'll be able to share in communion with him. We can live happy lives in the grace that God provides. But beloved, if we rebel, and we often have to learn the hard way, you see that in the lives of some people. They were warned against reckless 
and godless living. But they rejected the good instruction and discipline of their parents. Their lives end up in a downward spiral because of wrong friends, because of alcohol and drug abuse and sexual sin. Rejecting the good instruction of parents can lead to an early death in this life. It doesn't always, but it sure can. What is certain is that it leads to spiritual and eternal death. Those who reject the authority of parents and others God has placed over them reject God himself. It may not happen all at once. But if you cannot and will not submit to God-appointed authorities, then at some point you also rebel against God. The result is you will not receive a place in the eternal life God has promised. And so we see, beloved, how important it is to honor and obey those whom God has put in authority over us. It is a matter of submitting to God, of doing His will. Ultimately, the blessing of that is that we may share in communion with God, not just in this life, but also eternally. Parents have been given authority to be able to instruct us in God's ways. Elders have been given authority to care for our souls, to lead us in God's ways, to call us to repentance when we stray. The civil authorities have been given authority to restrain the wickedness of man, so we can live in a peaceful and in a safe society. These are all blessings from God who wants us to live in the freedom Christ has earned for us. Submission to authority is not a bad thing. It's for our good always. May God grant us His grace and spirit that more and more we may learn to show honor, love, and faithfulness to all those in authority over us. Amen.